Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. Awesome. Let's give another round of applause. Such an amazing Christmas service. The G-Force team up here, the kids. Oh, everything's so great. We love doing Christmas at Springs, and I hope you see that we love doing Christmas here at Springs. It is the 17th already. Is that not insane? Hey, time is flying right now, it feels like, and we are one week away from our Christmas Eve services. So we have five Christmas Eve services on Sunday, a week from today, and make sure you bring your friends, your family, whatever it is. It's such a good opportunity to get some people into God's house and and really, uh, it, it could change their life the moment they step into a building like this with the acceptance and love that we always strive uh, to be our pursuit pursuit. It's just, uh, it's great. So make sure you check out those Christmas Eve service times, figure it out. We have, we start right in the morning, which is great. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome to see what God does. It's the best season all because of Jesus. So I'm really excited. Would you bow your heads? Let's just open up in prayer. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house, God. We thank you that we never take it for granted to continue to push our, our, our relationship with you ahead. We thank you that only you can take a message that I speak and somehow connect it to every individual person for where they're at, God. So we thank you that you'll continue to do that and speak through me today, God. We thank you for the leaders of this country and city and every leader in any place right now, God. We thank you for just strength and joy and respect, God, in their life, God. Health and healing. We thank you that they're continuing to lead those that they're leading into your perfect will. And for those leaders that are all about themselves, self-centered, God, we thank you that we can just get them out of there and elect someone even better that can lead our city, our country, and our world into your perfect will. In the name of Jesus, and I'm agreement said, amen. It's funny, because every single Christmas time, my wife goes on, she's a teacher, so she has Christmas holidays at a certain time, and for some reason, every Christmas time, we decide to be puzzlers. I don't know why. I have nothing against it, but for us, it's like we pull out this puzzle, we put it on our dining room table, and then we have this ambition that it's going to be completed at some point. And every time January comes, we put the, un- the incomplete puzzle away. We even bought a puzzling mat that rolls up, and we've been on the same puzzle for five years. Like, <laughs> legit. Legit. I think we almost completed one puzzle, and then we almost got to the end, and we found that we were missing one piece. It's the worst. Thank you. I thank you for the empathy I'm feeling in this place today. It's the worst, man. When you have a puzzle piece that's missing, put all that work in. Oh, it's the worst, because you pick a box at, at a store, wherever it is. You like the picture, and you want to put it together, I guess, right? But there's something about a jigsaw puzzle that is, um, makes it easy, and it's the front cover box, right? If you try to put that jigsaw puzzle together without the front cover, it leaves you in a place where you got to figure out now what you are putting together, what it's going to look like, and it makes things a lot harder. But for 
The purpose of the story, let's pretend you're trying to put a jigsaw puzzle together and you are not using the front cover, okay? You don't know what the picture is, you have no idea, and so you go off of all your preconceived notions and ideas and you're trying to get to a time where you can put together what you think to be the picture. Now, you, you're a good puzzler, so you, you start taking all the edge pieces and putting them into one pile, you start putting all uh, the similar colored pieces into another pile so you know that it's making the same area of that puzzle, right? You start to do your best to figure out what this puzzle is. You start to force pieces together that don't fit. It's starting to make some sort of a picture. And you get to a place where you think you see something and you're like, oh, maybe this is like a, a, a busy cityscape or a downtown that's really busy. It looks like there's people walking and it looks like th that could be a, a traffic light right there. And you think you're on onto something and then you go a little bit further and you start to realize, no, this is no chance. This is even close to what it should look like. And so you take it all apart. You start off from square one and you change your strategy. Instead of forcing pieces together, and going off of what you think to be true, you really want to study these pieces and you put them together to really form a picture. And now it finally gets together and you realize that it was never a cityscape. It was actually a mountain landscape, a beautiful sunset in this mountain landscape. Now you finally got the actual picture together and it feels very nice to have that picture. Now within your life, you have a lot of, I will say, puzzle pieces, things to figure out things to figure out how to put together, how to, how to go to where God's called you to be. Now, one of the biggest things we need to do as Christians or people that are on this journey with, with God is that we need to make sure that we are having the right image of God in our minds. If we don't have the right image of God in our minds, we will constantly, through every preaching, every message, everything you read, you will always, with your own preconceived notion and preconceived ideas, structure God to look the way you think he looks, even though God's word says who God is. And your entire life will take on an entirely new meaning if you choose to view God the way he is, rather than what you think to be true. All your puzzle pieces in your life will start coming together, and when you have a really good view of God and who he is, everything will start to create this beautiful life and purpose and calling that God has on your life. Now, if you have, don't have the image of God, you will constantly be putting puzzle pieces in wrong places, wondering why you don't have peace, wondering why you don't have joy, wondering why you're not experiencing the abundant life that God has for you, but it's simply because your perspective of God is off. And so before I even get into what I, the, the bulk of my message, I really want to start off in Psalms so that we can all as, as a group collectively really get a new image of who God is. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. For the Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. We serve a God that is a sun and a shield. What does the sun provide? Guidance warmth, light? What does a shield provide? Protection. Provide something you can be with and have in front of you and feel like you can go wherever you need to go because you have that protection with you everywhere that you go. It also says that God bestows favor on you. What is favor? It's like, it's grace. It's unmerited favor on your life is what grace is. And that means that things just work out. It is, it is, is for his favor on your life that things just start to work out. You start to realize that you get the house that you wanted. You start to realize your marriage turns into something that you've always dreamt of having, a good loving marriage. And you start to see God's favor among everything where things just start to work out and you don't know why. 
God's favor is a beautiful thing. Now, it says for those whose walk is blameless. Now, we take that from our perfectionist mindset and think, oh, well, blameless, that's impossible. How do I walk a blameless life? But we're getting off onto the ditch on this, on this one verse. See, God is just saying, whose walk is blameless, we have grace that has entered into the picture, which means that when you fail, that's okay. When you stumble, that's okay. When you quote unquote sin or miss the mark for God's best on your life, that's okay. The blameless side of it comes in that you just continue to follow Jesus, continue to push in for God. As you do that, you start to realize that that's what God is most most here for. He wants you to just feel the love that he has for you. And you'll never feel that if you always get into this perfectionist mentality and get yourself beaten up. For all of you that may self-proclaim yourself as a control freak or a perfectionist, hopefully this will be something that helps you get set free, okay? Jesus in the Bible disciplined himself to pray about the choosing of his disciples, I'm talking like, I bet you he thought probably long and hard. He probably really had a strategy with this. And after he prayed, the next day he went over the next week, however long to get all of his disciples in place, he went and picked a big screwed up bunch of guys. (laughs) After some prayerful consideration, okay? And he didn't mess up picking those guys. He picked those guys because he knew they would aid him in his ministry. But there's one thing. So if you think, I guess before I get to that, if you think you're so screwed up and you've made mistakes, let them go. God uses everyone. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what's in your past. You can't change it now, but all you can do is start living for him in in your present. And the more you live for him in your present, you start to see something take a new look in your life. You start to experience God's abundance upon your life each and every day. Now, there's one thing in common that all the disciples had. And they were just ready to leave what they were doing and follow Jesus. There's one, one verse story in the Bible where Jesus is asking the two fishermen to follow him. They're actively casting nets and fishing. And he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. We'll go out and we'll help people's lives. And they drop their nets instantly and follow Jesus. See, it doesn't matter if you are a perfectionist or not. It doesn't matter if you screw up every day, which we all do, or you don't. But don't beat yourself up for that because God uses all of us in, in the purpose and calling that he has for us. But our decision is to go, I want to follow him. Our decision is every day I'm going to step out and I'm going to follow him despite knowing I'm screwed up. Anyone else screwed up like me? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> We're all messed up, and that's okay. But we know that the actual perspective of God, we know who God is. He will never withhold blessing from you, ever, ever. So today I want to speak from Matthew 25, and it's the parable of the talents. Many of us, it's probably one of the most preached upon sermons and, and scriptures that we have, but I want to give a little different perspective on this parable. So we start in in chapter 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. I want to pause there before we get further into this, this parable. 
Now, the one thing I want us to focus on is it says, to each according to his own ability. No matter how screwed up you think you are, no matter how down and out you feel like you are, no matter what you've lived up until this moment right now, God has put profound gifts and abilities in you. Now, if you feel like they're not there, it's just because you haven't nurtured them. It's just because you haven't done your part to go, wow, God's given me this. I'm going to nurture this. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to become what he sees in me. Okay? To each given to their own ability, according to his or her own ability. Think about it this way. How many lotteries are won every single year? And say, they say 70% of lottery winners after a few years are bankrupt. Wow. Gives perspective. How many of you believe that if they're Christians that won that lottery, they probably were praising Jesus and thanking him every day once they won that money? And three years later, they were probably saying, what did you do, God? I'm bankrupt now. What the heck? This is not your will for me. Why did this happen? See, this verse tells us to each according to his or her ability. For those that are winning the lottery and bankrupt three years later, they didn't have the ability to handle that wealth. They didn't. They might have had debt, bad debt right off the hop with the money they had, and they don't realize that once they have a lot of money, they now have a lot of bad debt if you don't figure out how to manage the money that you are given. Now, the further we go, let's change perspective. Let's, so God is our Father. He loves you very much. If we don't believe that, we'll never receive that love. He can give it as much as he wants. He can say, I love you in your prayer time. He can, he can pass out blessings to you and you'll never receive them as if it's a blessing because he loves you. So we need to establish our perspective of God as he's our dad and he wants to bless us all the time. Now, pretend if you are a parent, this is great. If you're not a parent, pretend you are one, okay? I'm gonna pick on sons for now because I was quite the rotter, I think, when I was younger. I was, uh, I was a bull in a china shop. I was... Uh, I feel like I came back to my house with a new scrape or bump or bruise every single, every single day, like there's something going on. Now, so let's pretend you have a son and he's 14 years old and, and he's just like that. I mean, you've gotten him a bicycle and he breaks the bicycle faster than he rides it. Like that's just how it works. He's riding down hills, he's breaking the, the handlebars, he's popping tires, you're doing something to, to fix this bike every moment. You start getting annoyed as a parent, okay? Let's pretend that you made a decision that might not have been the smartest and you asked for a quad and so you decided to buy him a quad. He's driving back to your house every day uh, out of the back field where you live, if that's the case, and the front headlight's broken, the rear back tire is flat, everything's not working the way it is. You see him pushing it sometimes back into your driveway after he's done riding it. Sometimes he pulls back up, his helmet's in his lap, and you're like, why is your helmet off? He's like, oh, I just got hot. It's like, no, 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 you always keep your helmet on. What are you doing, right? Now let's say this son of yours turns 16, he gets his license, and now he's asking you for your car. Exactly. That laugh that everyone just did under their voice is exactly how you, that's exactly what you do to them. <laughs> You'd be like, ha, ha, that's funny, yeah, right. There's no the fat chance you're gonna give them a car. No chance, why? Because you, he's had a bicycle, he's had a quad, and he doesn't take care of it at all. In fact, if you got him a car, you as their parent, with the love that you have for this child, would know that it would be a destruction to give them this car, correct? You have no idea. They'd be getting in car accidents. They wouldn't know how to do it. 
So when God says you give to them according to their ability, parents do this every day of their life. You don't not give something to your kid because you don't want to bless them. You, give, you bless them according to their ability. A bike was a blessing. A quad was a blessing. And they proved to you they couldn't handle it. So it's interesting when we start to this perspective of how God wants to bless us no matter what. Now, change the perspective once more, okay? Let's pretend you give him your car and because he's proven that he could handle your car. 16. You tell him, get back in the driveway and at home by 10 p.m. tonight, okay? He's like, Cape, sounds good. I'll be there. 20 minutes before 10 p.m., you see the headlights come through your living room and, and he's like, he's back in the driveway, parks the car. You're like, wow. Not only that, you see that the car looks cleaner than when you gave it to him. You walk out to meet him and you see that he actually brought your car through a car wash. Interesting, right? Then you're like, thank you so much for washing it. He opens it up, he, he steps out of, the, out of the driver's seat and you see the inside and it's immaculate. I mean, he stopped at a car wash. He vacuumed everything up, okay? It looks better than when you gave it to him. Then you're like, wow, he really took good care. Then you start the car up. You gave it to him on a quarter tank. He gives it back to you full. Yeah, that's the kicker, right? That's where all the parents go, oh my goodness, is this a dream? So he says, thank you so much. He's 20 minutes early. It's clean. It's cleaner than when you gave it to him. It's filled up with fuel. Next week, he says, hey, mom and dad, if you mind and if it works with your schedule, do you mind if I borrow your car again? I mean, you're going to do that just for the free car wash, probably, and for the fuel. <laughs> Why? Because he's taking care of the car. He's taking care of what you've given him. He's being a good steward of the blessing that his parents are giving him and he takes care of it and it makes you what? You want to continue to help him grow in his abilities to handle more and more and more and more. The parable of the talents, you have the guy who got given five talents that gets 10. The guy who got given two goes around and trades it to get four. The guy who has one buries it because he's scared to do something with the money to lose it. And when, and when the master comes back, the guy with five says, here, I, I got you 10. For what you gave me, I got you 10. The one with two says, here's four back. The one with one says, I know you're a harsh master and you always gather seed where you haven't scattered seed. And so I was scared and so I buried it. So here, you can have what was yours back to you. There's three different perspectives within that, within that teaching right there. The guy with five who made it 10 and the guy with two who made it four come back and said, acknowledge that this was a blessing from God or a blessing from their master and say, thank you so much, I, I increased this for you. But the guy with one, like I said in the earlier in my message about the puzzle, didn't have a perfect and a good picture of who his master was. And that changed the way that he reacted and it also changed the way that he was stewarding what he was given. So when we view God as a giving God, everything he gives us we're grateful for and everything he gives us we want to multiply for him. But when we view God in a different way, it is bad. And not only that, it says uh, the Lord, the, the guy with five talents comes back and says, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. Then his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. How beautiful is that? All from stewardship. 
Now, this is about finances and money, and that's great. My biggest pet peeve is when people pick on prosperity gospel as if that's what we're teaching here. We're not. I'll be quick on this one, but it's like God has put gifts and abilities in you. Gifts and abilities, if nurtured correctly, will put you among kings and queens in this world, if nurtured correctly. You make it all about you, that's not nurturing it correctly. You make it only about your own blessing and no one else's, that's not nurturing it correctly. It's not a sin to pursue wealth. Nice. Three's a charm. Third service, quiet. I love it. After I made that comment in second first, they were, you could hear a pin drop. It's not a sin to pursue wealth. It's a, persin, it's a sin to pursue wealth above pursuing God. If first and foremost, you're always pursuing God, everything else, the gifts and abilities, the blessings that he's put in your life will start to come to fruition. You'll start to feel, oh my goodness, I'm doing this for God. There's many verses in the Bible that says you are blessed so that you can be a blessing. See, God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have everything and more, more. He wants you to have abundance of everything. That could mean money if that's where your gifts and talents take you, or that could mean something else. But he wants you to be blessed. We serve a God that is always looking for ways to bless you. In fact, at the end of this parable, there's a verse I absolutely love. It says, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. See, the the guy with the one talent had it taken away because he he didn't have it. He wasn't grateful for it. He didn't care to use it for God. He didn't care to multiply it. It was his master's and he's going to bury it. But the guy with five and two, they were good stewards with what God gave them and said, I want to use this for you. See, God will always multiply what you have when we can show that we are good stewards with what we already have. Don't take it down this into the ditch of works, okay? It's nothing about works. There's grace in, in the midst of this that is absolutely amazing. The moment that Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden and took the bite of that apple, God already had a redemptive plan in place through his grace to bring us back with him. That's the God we serve. If you view God as a sickness God and a God that always wants to take away, then that's always how you will experience him. We won't experience him like that because that's not his nature. But everything in your life that goes wrong, you'll blame God rather than blaming the fact that maybe you just made a really dumb decision. Maybe you should have done something different. God does not take away. He only increases in your life. But to each were given according to their ability. See, in Genesis 12 verse 2, God is talking to Abraham and he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And then it says, and you shall be a blessing. Getting God's blessings is, is great, but I must say it feels way better to bless others with it. It really does. And, and if you haven't got to that point, I would, I would encourage you to start being grateful for everything you have right now and start using what you have to bless others for God's gain, not your own. It is crazy what happens in your life when you choose to do that. He's talking to Abraham saying, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Thank God he didn't stop there, hey? Otherwise, we'd all be pursuing making our own name great as the one and only thing to do. But instead he said, and you shall be a blessing. I want to end today's message with three points, but not just three points, three truths that I remind myself of. I only preach from this stage what helps me. And I always pray to God before I come up here that it helps you guys too. 
But this is something on my journey of truths that I remind myself of so I can maintain a good perspective of God, so I can remember. Because when things happen in your life, they sh- if you trust God, they should push you closer to him. When you're scared and you have a dad that's loved you on earth here and something happens around you, you get closer to your dad. Get closer to your mom because they're going to protect you. They love you. They want the best for you. You don't blame them for what's happening around you. You actually praise them for taking you out of it. You praise them for having that peace and joy. We need to get to this perspective with God where we don't blame him for what comes into our life and instead we praise him for the amazing life that we live. But it's a hard one because it, ca- it causes you guys to have your, a little bit of t- our toes stepped on and, and it's a little bit convicting, these types of messages, to really realize what we have. So I want to go through three different points quickly. Number one, this is the truth that I remind myself of, is God is always looking for ways to bless me. Always. God's always looking for ways to bless you. Always. Now, my job and your job is to identify how he blesses you, which is very easy, and be a good steward of it. When you're a good steward of what God's given you, you are now nurturing the gift and ability that he has placed in you to handle more. That's just how it works. And we see it all throughout the Bible. See, God knows you and knows what would bless you more than you know what would bless you. As a parent, you know this full well. There's things you would give your kid and there's things that you might hold off for a bit because they're not able to handle it yet. And what they would think would be a blessing, you know would hurt them a lot. If you're bad with money, the worst thing you can get is a ton of money. If you if you're, if you're already have trouble loving your wife, the worst thing to do is try to, try to figure out a different way to maybe have more kids when you haven't even learned how to love the ones in front of you. See, it's important for us to be good stewards with what we've already been given. In Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When I was a kid, it was so hard to take my parents' word for it. I always thought I knew better. Always. And the longer you live, the more you realize that the people that you, that you maybe consider your mentors or parents and they know and love you, they know you so well and they want you to step into an amazing life. And they'll make that happen, but you have to trust them with that. And you start to realize, wow, they were right all the time. They did have these things they said to me when I was a kid that actually turned out to be something, wow, that changed my entire life. We need to always come from the perspective that God is looking for ways to bless you, period, always. Number two, I'm going to say this one more thing actually with with number one. God has divine wisdom and understanding, which means it's higher than yours, indicating that his blessings may differ from our human expectation. You have an expectation right now of what you need from God and God's saying, I know you think that, but I know that you need something different that's going to bless you even more. When I think, wow, God's blessing is all over my life, when a door closes, I used to go, oh my gosh, it was the best opportunity. I missed it. And now I go, well, God always is looking for ways to bless me. So if that's a closed door, then he's got a way better door coming my way. And that's the way I always think. And it changes my perspective on, on who I believe God to be. And also my life turns into something way better, whether I get tons of stuff or not. It doesn't matter because I know that I'm blessed by God and I know he's always looking for ways to walk me down the path into his abundance all of the time. That's what's beautiful about God's word. Number two, growing in ability is up to me and it takes discipline. 
it boggles my mind how much in our world people lack discipline. They might say to me, hey, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, motivation gets you to act once. Once. And discipline makes you continue to walk that path over and over. Why? Because motivation kind of convinces you that you want it. Discipline, you've made the choice that you need it no matter what. And you choose the need before the want. And that's what takes discipline to do that. We've all been given such amazing blessings from God. Maybe you're someone that says, I want a car and I only take the bus right now. No, you get to take the bus right now. You get to. It's a blessing that you get to be on a public transportation system to get to work each day. It's a blessing that you get to go to work each day. It's a blessing that you have water in your water bottle while you ride that transit system and drinking it whenever you want to. It's a blessing that you have a beautifully packed lunch, whether it's an apple and PB&J sandwich and a yogurt. Whatever it is, it's a blessing that you get to eat that. I know it's really hard for us to understand that because we are in a consumeristic world where everything is pushing you to want more and get more. And God's saying, look at what you have and be a good steward of it. You know, a public transport system is great. If you get a car, now you have insurance payments, registration payments, gas payments, fixing payments, oil changes, uh, different set of tires for different seasons. It's crazy how much more ability and resources you need to handle the car. And God's saying, not yet, because, hey, this is a blessing that you get to do that. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't, I'm not in public transport. I, I walk to work. You get to walk to work. I know it's hard to understand that. We can laugh and go, oh yeah, I get that. But no, no, when we have a perspective of understanding that God's blessing for you is phenomenal, but it's up to me to make sure my ability is increasing. It's up to me. I love when I can blame myself for things. I used to hate it because I used to always say, well, why God? Now I say, why Zach? Why well, I say, why God? God's looking for ways to bless me every single day, every single day. So if I'm not feeling that blessing, why, Zach? Why? Why am I not? What, what can I do better? How can I be better? How can I take a good, be a good steward of the body that God gave me? See, we have to understand this is something huge. Proverbs 18.15 says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. The Bible says he gives wisdom when you ask for it. And he's put us in a world that is full of knowledge and a brain that can handle it. All we got to do is go get it. All we got to do is continue to strive forward to grow our knowledge and God will walk you into the best place you've ever experienced in your life. Number three, most often my prayers are answered by ways I can do better. It all comes back to stewardship. So many of us pray for things every day and then every day we make decisions that go against what we're praying for. Like, thank you God for health. I, uh, I thank you that I, 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 the stomachache that I've had for three days goes away. And God's saying, you went to McDonald's three days in a row, buddy. Give your head a shake. But we blame God for it. And God's saying, you are eating crap. How much? Sorry. My, love, accept, forgive. Pastors too. But seriously, guys, come on. Like, we got to realize that God's looking for ways to bless you all the time. What are you doing with that blessing? Are we taking it and tossing it aside? Or are we taking it and working on our ability and our discipline so we can become the best person God has made us to be? Why? God has put so many gifts and abilities inside of you right now. But if you don't ever take the discipline to figure out what your body is capable of, you will never step into the potential that God has for you. 
ever. You'll always wonder, oh, I wish I didn't have these aches and pains, or I wish this didn't happen. And God's saying, just take care of the body. Take care of yourself. Take care of your kids. Take care of your wife. God, please help my divorce. And God's saying, love your wife. He's saying, love your husband. I'm not picking on just the husbands right now. Don't worry. Goes both ways. And I'm sorry if this is a dagger in your heart right now. And it was a dagger in my heart when I started reading this and and God started working with my attitude on blessing and my attitude on what he wants me to be and where he wants me to go. But then I started to realize, oh my goodness, I could be way better. So many of us are believing for a bigger house right now. You don't even take care of the house you have. So many of us are are looking for, for blessings for ourselves and God's saying, I put so many blessings in your life and you refuse to use those blessings for others all the time. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. And every blessing we get, like I said, sometimes it's great to feel, feel blessings. It's awesome. But the feeling of helping others with your blessings, oh my goodness. If you want to change your life, start doing that. Start figuring out what God has put you on this earth for. Start realizing what your body's capable. Start realizing what you, what you can do when you start managing your life in a good way. But guess what? You're not going to like doing it in the beginning because it's discipline. You're choosing what you need over, you, over what you want. But everything in the world right now is constantly pushing wants and comfort on you all of the time. The more comfortable you can be, the better. Man, the more you stay in your comfort zone, the faster you die, is my opinion. It is in every sense of it. You want to be staying in your comfort zone with the food you eat? It's not going to do well on your health. You want to stay in the comfort zone with, with your job? You're never going to experience more. And guess what? What more comes with? More responsibility. More you got to get up and be more disciplined. But when we choose to do something hard, and I encourage you all, if you leave here today with one thing, I want you to know that God's looking for ways to bless you. But it's up to you to make sure you steward those blessings properly. If I could have an action point for you guys, I would say, do something hard every day. Something you don't want to do at all. I mean that. I want you to wake up in the morning and you have something set in your morning schedule that you hate, but you know it's good for you. And I want you to open your eyes and go, oh, the faster I get out of bed, the faster I have to do that. And I want you to count to three in your bed And when you say three, that means you get your little butt out of bed, your feet hit the ground, and you go do something hard. It sucks, just so you know. (laughs) It's not fun. But guess what? The more you do hard things, the more you'll desire the outcome of those hard things. Right? The more you discipline yourself in God's word, the more you'll desire the outcome of what God helps you in your life. The, the, the exact benefits that happen after you just love God with all your heart, okay? You don't, you don't love God because he has benefits. If you have a marriage and you only have it because of benefits, it'll end in divorce real quick. But if I, 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 me and my wife, it's great. There's many benefits with my marriage. But I don't do it for the benefits. I do it because I love her. And that's the same thing with our relationship with God. When we start to establish ourselves as someone that can actually do what God says and follow him, it's quite amazing. I want to remind you, those three things that I remind myself of every single day is God is always looking for ways to bless me. That means every opportunity that was squandered, you go, God's got something better. Every day that was hard, you go, it's okay, God's got something better. 
you start to establish this gratitude. You know why? Because if you don't have gratitude, you'll never have stewardship, ever. If you're not grateful for what you have, you'll never take care of it. I'm hitting you hard in the Christmas season. <laughs> then we're all going to go on Christmas break and then eat to our heart's content. <laughs> and then wake up January 1st with some awesome, motivating New Year's resolutions. Whenever someone asks me for my New Year's resolution, it's like, my, if, I, if this could be a New Year's resolution, it would be that I never have to have a New Year's resolution because I just choose to live my life that way every day. That's what I really want. I know sometimes this doesn't feel like love, but know that I love each one of you. <laughs> but I love you so much that I want you to hit your potential that God has for you. But that takes faith. It takes action. It sometimes takes, no, it always takes effort. And in the world we live in, sometimes we connect effort and pain together, and they aren't. Effort actually makes everything better. Stewardship will happen so easily in your life when you start to thank God for everything in your life. Driving to work, you hit all the green lights, thank God for that. It sucked to hit all the red ones. You hit all the red ones, thank God for that. God's thoughts and ways are higher than yours. So stop expecting a certain blessing and limiting God for how he can bless you. Instead, just trust him and go, wow, even in the midst of me having to wait, even in the midst of me practicing patience right now, God's working a way out to bless me right now. However that is, just stick on that game of trust all of the time. Something going terribly wrong in your, in your life right now, it should push you closer to God. It shouldn't make you go, is God real? Is God a loving God? No, because you know that already. You read his word, you know that God does not want to withhold anything from you. Nothing. When you establish that, everything you go through becomes a reason to run, for, run to him more. When I lost my dad, that was the biggest test of my life with that. But I chose, man, all growing up, I'd always run to him. I never blamed him for anything that happened. Even if he was the one driving, we got in a car accident, whatever it was, I never blamed him once. Actually, I clung to him closer in the midst of that because I know who my dad was. When you know who God is, you cling to him to a different level. And it doesn't matter what you go through because you'll never blame God for it because you know it's not from God. God is all about life, abundance, giving. That's what he is about. I'm going over time. I should pray. <laughs> but just, I hope this Christmas season you just be grateful for everything you have. And I mean everything. To the glass of water, to your eyelids opening in the morning and you sitting up in your comfy, warm bed to being able to walk to work, walk to the transit system, to walk to your car. When your kids are screaming around your house and it's annoying, just annoying you, thank God for the fact that you have a loving family right in front of you, right? I think it's just take time to step back and watch what God's given you already and just be a good steward of it. God's always looking for ways to bless you, always. And you should be looking for ways to grow your ability every single day. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Every single week at church, we take time to lead 
amazing people in a prayer that changes your life. It changes your life because it introduces you to the one man, God, that wants to bless you. Not only with eternal life, so when you die one day, you get to spend eternity in heaven, but also so that you can start to allow him to guide you in the life that you're in to live heaven on earth as well. That's a big thing. So wherever you are right now, if that's you, I know there's people here right now thinking, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I know you're out there. And wherever you are, I want you, with no one looking around, every head bowed, I want you to answer that call right now that you feel on your heart to raise your hand right now. And I want you to look, look up to me and give me a wave if you want to be included in this prayer to believe in Jesus and be a Christian and change your life. Thank you. So awesome. Don't let the devil come in here right now and, and try to think that, no, 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 you're comfy where you are. No, 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 no. Life's all about effort. Life's all about discipline. And look around right now, and I want you guys to be bold. If you're bold out there and you want to give your life to Jesus right now, no one's looking around, just me and you. Give me a quick little wave, and I'm going to include you in this prayer. Thank you. So good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Boldness is great. Maybe you're watching online right now. I want to say to you right now that this works right through that computer screen, whether you're watching on our app, whether you're watching this and it's a year old, this prayer works just the same. Just pray this prayer, believe in Jesus, and it changes your entire life. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. The prayer goes like this. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. Please come into my heart. From today and on, I'm following you. Give me the power to change every day, every year for the rest of my life. Jesus, I'm following you. In your name, amen and amen. Let's give a round of applause to all those amazing people that made that decision.